0: Welcome to another super exciting episode of the Dovema Hell podcast. This is actually the Eric Lindros episode for hockey fans. That would be number 88. Oh, 88. Uh, yes. Nice little nice little reference there. We're, we're, we're close to the end. Only 12 more episodes, so we can just blow this thing up and say never again. Yep. Um,
1: so, Ed, how are you today? Sorry, I was drinking a, a cider. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, had a relatively uh, lackadaisical weekend. Well, you know what? Actually, I built some some shelves from Target yesterday. We bought some shelves specifically to put OSMI t-shirts and stickers and stuff in to keep that stuff organized. Because otherwise, what it really does is it just sits in boxes. Um, so now we have shelves to put it on and stuff like that, and bins, bins and boxes and stuff like that to put in the packing materials. So for all that uh, meat space stuff. We've got meat, space for it now. Meet space.
0: Someone's been reading too much William Gibson. Yeah, right. Uh, as for me, on Saturday was a memorial service for my uncle who passed mm. away between uh, Christmas and New Year's. And like I said uh, on Twitter, I talked about it briefly. It's like, yeah, I can talk to like a packed room full of people about programming. That's like a double tomahawk windmill slam, no mm. problem. But talking for, like, five minutes about my feelings about my uncle in front of, like, a small crowd, half of who are or, uh, or strangers that I don't know, yeah, I stumbled and bumbled my way through that uh, thing like it was uh, the first time I ever spoke. I will admit, though, uh, I did try to wing it, and I probably should have, like, written a few notes down on a on a cue card, you know, like a little, right. a little index index card just to make sure I covered everything. But, you know, um, I don't know. I felt yes, yesterday was just after that. I just felt like crap. my it's just like, ugh. thinking about my uncle and the way he died and all the other stuffs. Like, ugh, so just so goddamn depressing. And going through his house and helping people move furniture out and all this stuffs. Like, ugh, it's just, uh, I just felt, I've just felt so icky about the whole thing. I felt like really weird going into his house and moving his shit out
1: mm-hmm. and like
0: storing it here and giving it to this person and throwing this stuff away and. Watching the house slowly get like stripped on the inside because there's a bunch of repair work that has to be done, it has all left me felt like uh, I was in there and I said to my wife, I felt like it was like I was like a tomb robber, like I was looting somebody's abandoned house or something. You know what I mean? Just, I, right. felt, I felt I felt I when I you know when I agreed to help out with some of the stuff, I thought I was going to be okay with it. That would be no big deal, but it just really really creeps me out, and I'm, I'm not sure why.
1: No, it sounds hard, man. I mean, I. I... Uh, yeah, I'm no expert on that, but I, I don't think your feelings are like, you know, it should be, there's anything wrong with them. There's sure not. I mean, they're your feelings. There's definitely nothing wrong with them, but, uh, but yeah, it sounds really hard.
0: This felt weird. And then Memorial Service was nice and got to meet friends and discovered what he was, uh, you know, his neighbors and stuff discovered what he was like with the people, um, around him. And, you know, it was kind of nice and a nice way for a lot of those people to say goodbye and i um, I think I'm probably going to go – I think the next time I go back to that house is once all the repair work um, has been done and it's ready to be sold. Mm -hmm. And and I think that will be the last time I want to go back there because like again, I went there tons and tons of times as a kid. Right. Um, but it was, was kind of interesting my my uncle lived in that house for almost 50 years he lived in a in the basement of that house mm. in a base, in a basement apartment for like almost 20 years
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that he rented it from the people who lived there and then when the couple that owned the house when the husband died my uncle bought the whole house from the from the widow so then he moved upstairs and then when my grandfather died in the uh, early 1980s then my yeah. grandmother moved in and then my grandmother passed away in the mid 90s and uh all her stuff was in there too. So um, it was just interesting. Like we got a whole bunch of China and uh, some old stuff of hers. And, uh, but again, it was just, I don't know. It just, I thought it was going to be okay. And it just has me feel like I'm like sneaking around, stealing somebody's stuff. You know what I mean? Even though I'm not Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. not really, but it was just really weird. Just a really weird feeling of, of being there
1: doing this thing. Well, I'll be honest, you know, I've got a pretty large family, you know, many brothers and sisters. and It was pretty hard when, um, you know, I've had two two of my brothers passed away in the past five years. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to go through the part where you just go through their stuff because somebody's got to and do something with it. And you don't know what to do. And that's hard. And there's not any easy answers. It just sucks. So, we're starting this off on a fun note. <laughs> um, on that note, you want to talk about our sponsors? Let's talk about uh, yeah, our sponsors.
0: Go, yeah, go ahead and do your usual sponsor thing. We only got, we have our, our three usual sponsors. Go ahead.
1: Yep, yep. We got our Wonder Network. Who Did you know that I actually used Wonder Network the other day to prove to a customer that they were wrong and I was right? Sounds like a win-win situation. It was. I used the Where's It Up uh, page to show them from 200 different locations that their shit was broken and not mine. Um, So that was important. Uh, Actually, the customer was, they were just like, Hey, is something going wrong? And I was like, well, I'll check. And then, you know, but I I don't know, I can connect from everywhere. So they were concerned about, they're having a sort of a weird DNS outage, like stuff wasn't resolving correctly. And I used their service, you know, for that time. And it was, I got to tell you that, by far the best service to come up with that, that can do those kinds of checks. And uh, if you want to like programmatically do it, what you do is you get into their API, you can sign up and you get a bunch of credits or something. So where's it up a really cool service. And that's one of several services that wonder network has because they have such a large um, worldwide uh, collection of servers from all different places uh you can do stuff that other places can't do um like I could have like tested stuff just from say AWS locations because we were hitting a machine from AWS but I wanted something that was not necessarily tied into AWS because I wanted to see is it still working outside of AWS right Mm -hmm. and this let me do that and that was really helpful so uh there we go you know uh, I don't know, maybe the rest of their stuff is garbage But um, this worked really well So, uh, and they they have some new stuff They got your shot Sherpa, I think Sherping shots It like takes pictures for you Are they still, did they launch that yet? I, I don't know, because I remember they were I know that
0: uh, uh, Gemma and uh, Paul showed us it at uh, True North
1: Yeah, and they they were talking about how hard it was To come up with a non-racist logo <laughs>
0: That's right
1: uh, and there's another thing they're working on, but I don't know that it, I think it's in very private beta right now, but if I bet if you're real nice to Paul and talk to them at wonder network, they might talk to you about it, but there's a, they got some, a new thing they're working on. So you should check it out. Uh, next thing we got here is these guys, uh, grumpy learning. I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but they've got a new website. Uh, there's a lot of purple, a lot of orange in it. And they got a couple uh, books here. And there's a testimony from Gary Hocken, who, as we all know, hates everybody. He's like that Mikey guy from Life Cereal. He hates everything. He won't eat it. And Gary did eat it. He ate those books and ate them up and loved it. And it tells you, it talks about the two books we got here. You got your Minimum Viable Test book. Got your Grumpy Programmers PHP Unit Cookbook. All sorts of good stuff in here, and I have read at least one of these books, and it's very good. There's lots of good stuff about uh, writing effective unit tests with PHP Unit. So uh, you should go buy it and uh, let us wet our beak on that in some way. Every once in a while, I get a little kickback from uh, from Chris on these things. So Grumpy-Learning.com. You go there, you learn about the tests, you learn how to write them, and In fact, the recording of this one was delayed because Chris couldn't figure out how to make a test work. So I don't know what that says about him exactly, but yeah. So go there and make it better. And then our other uh, sponsor is Open Sourcing Mental Illness, who is a nonprofit who? Is it a person? I guess in the United States it would be. Uh, This corporation is a nonprofit corporation, 501c3, that uh, promotes, uh, educates, and gives resources to help with creating uh, supportive workplaces uh, in terms of mental wellness. Uh, We're here to help people in the tech industry uh, become and and maintain their their mental health and also uh, help people uh, who run organizations and work with people inside organizations know the best ways to be helpful and uh, effective in terms of uh, keeping your, your, your employees mentally uh, well, uh, which ends up in fact making them better employees who are more productive and like you better. So that's kind of what we do. And we're doing all sorts of neat stuff. We've got a video uh, coming out soon that I've seen some rough cuts of and looks like it'll be pretty cool. Uh, and I go around and talk at conferences about this stuff and then we've got a bunch of people working on different things. So it's good stuff and we're going to have more t-shirts and hoodies coming soon. Uh, we're going to have a big fundraiser coming up. So get ready for that. Get your money out. Get, just hold it. Just start mailing it to me right now. I'm sure you go online and can find my address. Just mail me your money right now. That's open sourcing mental illness and that's at OSMI. Help H E L P. So O S M I H E L P dot I think the dot com just forwards to it. And that's it. That's who we got for sponsors.
0: Excellent job as always, Edward.
1: As always. Man, were you were sure or slow? What were you doing?
0: Oh, I just I was I didn't realize I was muted, so that's
1: all. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Uh so yeah, we got some uh got a couple things to talk about. There's an, oh god. A good job on the cuff button, me. Um, uh, there's some hardware that I bought, but then there's also a couple conferences we were at, and uh, I don't know which you want to talk about first.
0: Well, how about we talk about the one that we went to together? So oh, um, last week, uh, Ed and I uh, happened to be together. It's pretty rare that we're at the same event together, uh, but we were together at Sunshine PHP in mm-hmm. sunny Miami. I know that on Friday when I went and go played magic with my friends, uh, I was lamenting that uh, a week ago. I was uh, sitting at the pool at the mm. hotel, and it was like 25, 26 Celsius. So for the that's like you know, uh, you see, you double it, that's three. So it's like eighty Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was about it eighty. Was, it was about eighty and sunny. And then I'm back home, and it was like you know, like twenty and snowing and just crappy outside. So uh, oh, yeah. I had a good time at uh, Sunshine. I made uh, I made good use of the uh, of the happy hour at the hotel had uh and you and i had like i i think that drink is called a beachcomber but the bartender oh, yeah. after the happy hour and after some food and stuff ed and i went to the one bar that closes way too early in the hotel
1: yeah it closed, closed at like 11 30 which is ridiculous for a well bunch and, of and really were, weird because they seem to encourage drinking at that hotel i'll just be yeah. honest
0: yeah. Uh yeah, they don't there seems to be no limit at the uh at the happy hour. They're just happy as long as you're not as long as you have a room car, as long as you have like a room key. Yeah. You can show them, they're going to get you a drink. Um and so we wanted to get mojitos because of course we're in mojito country there. And uh and the guy's like, no, that's said, but I'm going to make you something good. So he made us just like this fruit drink thing. And it was so good. And it was like yeah. a really, and it was in really big glasses too. Yeah. So it, that went so down it,
1: way too smooth. I it went
0: down really smooth. And then we had to wait to get another one. And because the bar was so busy, they only had like one or two people working at the bar. So of course it was taking them forever to get anybody. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, um, well, and this, we have to understand this, this was after the happy hour. Yes. This was, yes. they, this hotel, Every night at six or six thirty p.m. I can't five, remember what.
0: five. It's like from five thirty till seven. I think okay. Is the, is
1: they the have happen. a a quote unquote happy hour. Now most happy hours you run into and it's like the drinks are cheaper and like appetizers are half off. Yep. What they call happy hour is anyone who looks like they're probably at the hotel. And occasionally they will make you show you that show them your key card, which is. No indicator. I could have just had a key card from the same kind of hotel. I could have just walked in, right? You walk in, you you just go up to them and say, I'd like one of these several drinks that you're offering on this menu, please. And they give it to you. And it could be wine or it can be some kind of beer-ish thing or even cocktails. Now, I mean, they're probably using the cheap stuff and they put it in plastic cups. But still... For an hour and a half to two hours, everybody gets free booze. Everybody. And I was a little I was a little surprised. I don't think I've been to a hotel that encouraged that kind of that kind of thing so strongly. But, you know, hey, whatever keep you partying, I guess, right?
0: Yeah. So I mean I enjoyed the drinks there, I enjoyed drinks at the bar um i will say i w- i actually kept my uh, i mentioned i mentioned this very briefly during my time management talk that mm-hmm. one of the things i've discovered over time by some nice honest analysis of myself is that i, I believe you know where some people have uh, have like an alcohol problem. I have a binge eating problem. I think not where I eat so much with the uh, binge and then throw up and feel ill about myself. Right. I have the I have the ability and Ed's, Ed's see Ed's seen me eat like this where I can just eat ridiculous amounts of food and yeah, right. and not and not really suffer that much from it. Um, but it leads to like me very easily packing on weight. So I was oh, actually yeah. I can do I was, that
1: too. I can. Yeah, do that
0: I was too. I was actually quite good with portion sizes and not heading up for seconds and and things like that when I was at the event because that's kind of part of I'm trying to change get my portions under control because like I could just eat and eat and I could have just especially because most of the time it's a buffet stuff at the at the hotel during breakfast and and, and during lunch and then I could just go out and order ridiculous amounts of food I mean I went to this really nice Cuban place a couple of times that was like a yeah about a mile and a half mile and three quarter walk from the hotel so it was kind of nice to Let's go there, but yeah. So I think I kept the food intake um, under control because it could have just got ridiculously out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at PH when I went to Serbia to speak at PHP Serbia, just how much food I just plowed through because they just had so much stuff and just like, yep, let's do this and just ate and ate and ate like for like three or four people probably. So not not my not my prouder uh, food moment, but well, you know, at, at least gaining some recognition that yeah, maybe I do have an actual eating problem and. uh, got to keep that thing under control.
1: I have a I definitely have a thing with food and mood, mood control. And like I eat often I have for most of my life. uh, Food has a dramatic effect on my mood and uh, and my sort of mental state. And I have to be careful about particularly there will be times where if I get excited and kind of really happy, I will just like go nuts and get kind of manic about what I eat um and uh just be like all right let's get let's just go all out and be like i know and it's weird it's like especially if i like let myself do something kind of indulgent like let's order an expensive not really nice steak i'll be like well i did that so fuck it i might as well you know spend 15 dollars on this and and you know huge uh you know uh, dessert too and just like be very indulgent it's like yeah so i have a and and then the other side of it is I often, um, and some people uh, there's some evidence that people tend to crave things like car like sugars, carbs, uh, and fats uh, when they're in higher anxiety states too so i will definitely do that and there's some sort of like mood control with that that i have to be careful of where it's also bad if i don't eat i get really 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 i could get in some bad places if i don't eat or don't drink enough water or things like that but uh but for me food has been like a mood control thing for such a long time that i've had to kind of have to be careful about it because otherwise i'd like to not die as early Uh. uh you know i mean i'm gonna die probably but uh, I'd like to not have that happen quite as soon. So, yeah, I did. In fact, I had a weird uh, gastro issue on a night where I, I drank. a I did drink a little bit too much, and I also, which wasn't great. I shouldn't have. But as you know, I'm kind of a lightweight, right? Yes, um, you are. I am a lightweight. Uh, but I had um, a couple vodka gimlets which are which is just like vodka and lime juice right and it did something to me where uh i think it was just really bad heartburn and you know it's very acidic the vodka and the lime juice not a surprise uh i typically don't have heartburn problems but it caused some like I think it had something to do with, like, what was, you know, the sort of opening. It felt like at the bottom of my esophagus, where my stomach would be, and it, it got. It felt like there was a lot of pressure there, and it kind of felt like where I've, at times when I've been very anxious, and, like, it, it feels like it gets really tight. My esophagus gets kind of, like, you know, I can feel the muscles kind of clenching, and I got, like, these hic- uncontrollable hiccups, and this went on for, like, 24 hours,
0: yeah, I remembered uh, giggling at you. Yeah,
1: that which. was good. That was good that you were laughing at me. Um, yeah, it sucked ass. Uh, eventually, the only what stopped it was I start. I took some Xantac, um, uh, uh, and which is like it's some kind of acid reducer. It works fast, and uh, and that helped. So, but I was two or three or four days like that. It, I mean, it got better, but I really messed myself up doing that. That was not good. So. I'm going to need to be a little more careful about that. I think
0: it's kind of weird. I mean, I actually never quite figured out what the trigger for it all was. Right.
1: Well, like I said, I think it was, it was, I didn't, I hadn't eaten a lot that day. And then I also, I think I had acidic drinks, a lot of them. And I was a little tipsy and wasn't thinking about my indulgent level, indulgence levels. And then when I, when it, started happening I, it kind of came on fast and I was like oh I don't feel good and you know at one point I felt like maybe I was going to be sick but that went away but I got it, it just it was I think I think the hiccups were being were just like a side effect of all the uh, uh, sort of like uh, the the feeling not good and maybe being I don't know I'm, I'm speculating because I'm no gastroenterologist uh uh swollen and and messed up sort of stuff around the bottom of my my uh, esophagus. So yeah, don't do that. Not a good idea. So, those were the highlights. That's all I think anybody really wants to hear about the <laughs> conference. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I did my I, I did my
0: usual uh, tag team job of the 3-hour workshop uh where I was just showing people like who hadn't done unit testing before kind of how I approach it my whole process of actually doing TDD and designing things and running the tests and all that stuff. Right. And then I did my time management talk where I kind of went over here, are strategies that I'm using to, to you know decide what I'm going to work on and when and how I plan all these things. And um, like I said to some other people, I can always tell when I've come up with a good topic because I can sense uneasiness in the crowd as they like process what I'm saying to them about you know, about what they're in this case, like what are they doing with their time and how they're planning and
1: it could it and, could just be you said something racist. Uh no, I don't say anything
0: racist during my talks. Never. And uh never. Uh I'm I'm smarter than that. And uh I save that for the pre-show. Right. And right, um
1: right, exactly. Uh
0: and just yeah, I just got that vibe and then people asking me about stuff and just uh, getting to people understand like you have to learn like some big takeaways where like people really like the idea of like you need to learn your own pace, uh, how long it actually takes you to do things. And, you know, you need to be firm about your time. But uh, the, the idea of, like, doing fewer things but doing them better um, seemed to resonate with a lot of people who were, like, kind of realizing they were kind of, like, thrashing away, working on stuff, but they weren't really accomplishing a lot. And, and you know, I talked about the four-day work week thing that I that I do and, and all that stuff. And I just – I hope I'm forcing some people to, like, take a really good look at what they're doing at their job How, what are they spending their time doing mm-hmm. what are there some things that they could be doing better um in terms of managing their time cuz you know the idea of that everybody has the same amount of time we're all making choices about what we're spending our time on and and sometimes the choices are good and sometimes the choices are bad but they're definitely choices so uh, and some good follow up questions from people who are like asking me about you know they use their calendar but not but not as obsessively as I do or I actually put blocks of time in at work um Uh, and things like that. So it was good. And as always, it it was good to see friends and hang out. And, um, uh, it was funny. There was, uh, one person, one attendee that we met, uh, burned Ed with a joke so bad.
1: Um, are you really going to talk about this now?
0: No, we don't, we, we won't get into it anymore because it was kind of a weird aftermath of it. But, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very rare where, uh. Ed is cut to shreds by somebody That's and I'm true. in this presence, and Ed just literally doesn't know how to respond because it was-, it was just it was such a spot on burn of somebody um i i just i i I just burst out laughing because it was just so outrageous what the person said, and Ed was just like Oh, uh, okay." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I had to decide uh, for a second if i was going to be upset about it or not yeah yeah
0: because because i mean we're not going to get into it but it's one of these things where the joke like clearly it was meant to be a joke yeah but it's one of these things where you can decide you can either laugh because it's funny or you could be like you could look at it and go wow what is this person really trying to say so i well, mean
1: well, and i didn't i don't know that person i don't yeah. think i've ever met that person before so it, but it, it it was fine uh and then uh Later, uh, a, a follow up that I intended to be humorous, was not quite taken that way, and that <laughs> sort of didn't go super well. Uh, and I don't know. I just, you know, it's it's just a, I guess, a misunderstanding. And I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I, I certainly didn't intend anything by it, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it was everything was meant in fun. And yeah, uh,
0: it's okay, know. Ed. Relax. Everyone saw your tweets about taking a knee, so just relax.
1: That I was on you. Facebook, you dick, and that was only for friends. <laughs>
0: No, you said something on you said something on Twitter
1: about it too. No, I said something on Twitter about how I just felt like a fucking idiot. Then I deleted oh. it. Uh, I was having a bit of a rough day that day. Been having a couple of rough days, so. Uh, <laughs> that's been, oh my god, the cat just came up behind me. I think you'd hear it. Um, the cat knows that I'm having a tough time. Uh, yes.
0: Uh, for, for those wondering, like Ed and I have uh, occasionally when – okay, everybody knows that Ed is probably a little bit more sensitive about his comments than I am. I tend to just own whatever I say, yes. good or good or bad. I'm just like, okay, well, I said it. I'm not going to try to like – I try not to go back and like sugarcoat or, oh, I want to clarify what I said. I'm like, well, I said what I said. So Ed joked about – uh, it's like a football term, taking a knee, where you just like yeah, you get. It's like at the end of the game when the team's up in front quite a bit, then you just take the ball and you just kneel down and take a knee and yeah, you get on to the like, next. All
1: right, game. I'm it's, done. Right,
0: it's like a, it's like a time. it's it's it's, it's like a. This is a message to you that we need to move on and go past this thing. So, yep. so I, I always uh, I always tease Ed a little bit about when he talks about putting a knee down. Because one time I said, Yeah, you can't. We were talking about you, you know, there's no glory from the bench or something. There was some comment <laughs> where you where were like, Oh, I need to take a knee. I'm like, Yeah, you're never gonna get to be a superstar from the bench, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yes, well, so 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 like I said, the, the big difference is usually on social media when I say stupid stuff, Ed is actually reflective and goes, Oh man, <laughs> you know, that was a bad thing, and I go, like Well, I just said it, and let's just move on. Yeah, you know, I, and, and yeah. and I, and I'm ha- and I will I will just uh, if people get uh, too aggressive with me then I just end up muting and blocking them and I just don't really worry about it too much but
1: yeah, I, uh, I try what? I
0: try not to say super horrible things I don't think I say super horrible things I know I've said some bad things uh, in the past but usually those I own up to and say all right this was a bad thing for me to say let's move on, but I'm not going to like, uh, Ed takes it, Ed takes it a lot more personally than I do. So uh, yeah, it's, know.
1: it's hard. I, I worry a lot about how I affect people and probably more than in some ways, a lot of times more than is healthy for me. And I don't, you know, they're in, in moderation at everything. Right. And that's something I have some trouble moderating and, and moving on and not sort of internalizing that. And, And so but no, it's all good. We're all good. And uh, and and that was so, yeah, I mean, I I guess like to get back to the conference overall, I felt like it was a a, a pretty good conference. I enjoyed being down in Miami, particularly when it was only about 15 degrees Fahrenheit in Indiana and it was 80 degrees Fahrenheit in uh, Miami. And that was very nice we had a very nice speak a large attended speakers dinner with i think a few other non speakers who shouldn't have been allowed in <laughs> at a uh <laughs> at, a, at a Cuban restaurant that was good and a woman uh who sat next to me uh hit me in the head at one point <laughs> um, so uh hello lisa if you're i'm sure you're not listening or know that this exists but you did hit me in the face um and then uh that that was good the really good pork uh we had some 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 real good lunches uh uh i think there were a lot of good talks i read some reviews of some of the talks are real good uh, i know gary hawken gave a, a really well received keynote that was very nice um and uh it was enjoyable so if you if you have a chance to get down there um and there is going to be another one next year for sunshine php uh I thought the hotel was nice. I thought it was real. It was easy to get around. It's close to the close to the airport. Everything. It was a, it was a nice event. It was it was well put together, and I thought it went very nicely. So yeah, I was glad that was the first time I've been to Sunshine, and things uh, seemed to go well. I did not hear any horror stories of terrible things happening. So all in all, that's usually a good sign when terrible things don't happen. So I know they had a little bit last year, a little bit of rough stuff with uh, how some people were behaving. And it seemed I did not hear anything more about that kind of thing. And I kind of suspect I probably would have. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. So so I everybody seemed to be pretty well behaved, despite uh, my horrible hiccups. So, yeah, all, all seemed to go well.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I had a good time, uh, some interesting talks. I went and saw a few talks about stuff that I hadn't uh, – you know, some concepts and stuff I wanted to learn more about that I hadn't seen before. So stuff like I watched a talk about implementing password uh, free logins and saw a talk mm-hmm. about uh, – um, God, I'm trying to remember now. One of the other talks I sat in where I took notes, but of course I don't have my notes with me. They're in, they're in my backpack somewhere. But it was good. I mean, I do like. I mean, I know that there are some speakers who go to these things. They don't spend a lot of time in the other talks. But I definitely wanted to go to some talks. I go there to learn. So um, a lot of times, I mean, uh, oftentimes I'm not the target audience of the conference that I'm speaking at. So um, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to find find talks to go to. But you know. Uh, a lot of good talks, a lot of good speakers, a lot of them that I know. As also, uh, I always, I always like it when there's new um, speakers. Yes. So that stuff is always good. Um, and, and some of the uh, some of the keynote talks. I mean, I don't know Ed. I felt some of them were kind of hit and miss. I don't know how many of them you saw. Um,
1: as you know, I mostly am. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get, you I get up about eleven. Um, yeah. Uh, I uh, I partake of food and drink. It's sort of a three-day-long bacchanalian fest uh, for Fair me. enough. but I think I saw some. Now, I really, I did see Gary's. I thought Gary Gary Hawkins' talk was great. I cannot comment on any of the other ones. I don't think I only saw bits and pieces, and and I was doing some. I, I was actually. To be honest, I was working a lot. Uh, this was a pretty work-heavy travel, so uh, so I did not get to see them all. And So now you could go ahead and trash the other speakers. Please continue.
0: Well, I don't know. It's not necessarily going <laughs> to trash. I mean, I don't know the proper way. It's like uh, I thought for some of the talks, mm-hmm. the topics were good. They're interesting topics, but just the delivery left me kind of flat. You know, like I'm expecting inspirational, expecting some conclusion, and some of them are just like, at the end of it, I was like, "Oh man, I wanted more, and it was just wasn't what I wanted."
1: You know? Right. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, you know, do your thing, brother.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe I'll just talk to the actual speakers since I know who they are. It might be you better. You know but
1: would, who? No, yeah, I know.
0: I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know who they are, but just uh, I just look at it and thought eh, it's like uh, some of these were okay. Could be better. It Could be less rambling. I don't know. It's yeah. Well, just just call
1: them an idiot to their face. It's okay.
0: <laughs> no, I'll call it to their face. I won't do it on the podcast. It'll be
1: bad. nice. Okay. Yeah, sure
0: um. Not. But that that's the thing. Like, I think for a technical for a person used to doing technical talks, delivering uh, a non programming showing off some algorithm or tool talk, it's hard to do. I know with the time management one, it had I. I still feel like it's not 100% where I want it to be. Got lots of great feedback, but I still think the talk can definitely be better. And, you know, uh, topics where you're talking about the history of computing, those are really cool. I like those. Finding out about stuff I didn't know about, stuff, uh, topics like that. I mean, you're, you're, all, you're uh, always changing talk about um, your mental awareness of mental health issues. Those mm-hmm. are always good. I, I get a lot out of them when I listen to them. Right. So I mean, it's hard doing doing. I don't want to label them soft skills because that kind of implies that they're not valuable or or, or they're wishy washy or something. It's just like right. non technical non technical talks are hard to do, and yep. and it's rare that I find a it's rare that I find a non technical talk that mm-hmm. the outcome excites me the same way that a technical talk, um, even from the same speaker would do. But I mean, it's good that it, it's good that. Conferences are are getting more and more willing to explore uh, things beyond just just here's how you use a testing tool or here's how you implement cores and and CRS and event sourcing and things like that. Sure, it's those those topics are good because to be honest, more there are more there are more than enough ways for a developer to learn how to master like the programming side of things. Yeah. And there's far less information on how to, so that developers who are actually skilled can learn not to be assholes to the people around them. So that's that's the part where I think most developers still need quite a bit of work, like learning how to actually relate to to other humans and talk to them. I know I've mentioned this to Ed before, but when I go to a conference, sometimes when I'm talking to people, I get angry that they just want to talk about programming stuff all the time. I'm like, I don't want to talk about... I'm, I'm sitting here relaxing, having a meal or something. It's like, I don't want to talk about programming things. Can we talk about the non-programming things that you are into. Because that's what I like to talk about. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I can clearly, I'm I'm okay with like delineating that and saying, when I have my laptop open in front of me, let's talk computer stuff. But when it's closed, and I'm in a casual thing. I I do not want to talk about computer. I don't want to do computering when I have a drink in my hand. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, what's your, what's your thoughts on that, Ed? Are you like that?
1: I, uh, at this point, I'm very much like I'm typically unless it's something I know will directly that I'm it happens to be something I'm very interested in uh with work like there's some technical thing it's like oh that is exactly what I'm trying to do work-wise or that is exactly what we're doing xyz there I typically have gotten I've gotten to the point where mostly I don't attend technical talks um I am much more interested in attending um non-technical talks because i think that they are almost always applicable almost always make me think uh and and are uh, apply to a wider range of uh positions uh different kinds of people uh usually you can take stuff out of that and i get a lot of you know it certainly gives me a lot to think about so for me i really prefer to get to see non-technical talks um but you know, I would imagine that that just varies. That varies from person to person. And and I think it varies, you know, n- not everybody's been doing this 20 plus years the way that you and I have. So it's a little a little bit different. Um, but typically for me, it's uh, it's a. Uh, you know, it's got to be, again, something that's like, oh, I'm struggling with this problem and this talk deals specifically with that. And every once in a while, there'll be a couple things I'm like, oh, I'm kind of interested in that because we're thinking about that at work or something like that. But otherwise, a lot of that stuff just for me, I'm, I, I tend not to do it. I tend to feel like, well, that's probably not up my alley. But I don't know that I'm very representative there. So that I think is a tough one for me. Uh, I, 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 I can say that that's, that's how it is for me. I don't know that, I, again, I represent your average conference goer in that respect. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I don't get upset because it doesn't really reflect my, like what I would like, you know, <laughs> um, I was, uh, encouraged. I felt like there was a decent block of, 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 of talks that, uh, were kind of like that at, at sunshine. And then at the other conference that I went to right after LoopConf and, uh, and, you know, it seems like there's at least some of that stuff there, you know, and I feel like, uh, that's better than it was five, ten years ago, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, re- I really enjoy the, the the non-technical talks as well. I just felt like, I I don't know, just like some of them are good, but they just felt like, a lot of the talks felt like they just weren't done. You know what I mean? Like we got to the end and I was like, but we're not done. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've gotten to the end, that we've gotten closure, that you got your ideas across, um, that you had an overarching theme and I figured out the theme, but just you literally didn't finish it. And it just felt kind of weird.
1: Yeah, but, I can I mean, dig you know,
0: it. I can dig yeah. it. But, you know, we saw a lot of our friends were there. And so that's always good to go hang out um, with friends. So so tell me a bit about LoopConf. Because, I mean, everyone, I mean, I know enough about Sunshine because I've been there mm-hmm. uh, a whole bunch of times. Mm-hmm. But uh, but tell me
1: about it. So LoopConf is a WordPress uh, conference. And it is um, it is not – uh, it may be of note because it's not a WordCamp. And there are lots of WordCamps around and there's a word camp organis- like sort of org that sponsors and helps people put on word camps all over the place um and sort of like the way PyCon does how there's like a foundation that handles that stuff and you can get money from them but they, they set like a lot of things so it's like well you know the minute the maximum price can be like a hundred dollars or something like that for a ticket and and things like that and then uh so LoopConf is not uh, a WordCamp. So that's a that in and of itself is a little bit different than some Word, some other WordPress things. Uh it is uh it is a WordPress conference, uh had a number of sort of, I guess you'd call big names from uh from the WordPress uh community speaking there. Um some of it was focused on you know running agencies and and how you sort of per Get things done and 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 build stuff. Some of it was very technical, like uh you know, I saw a good talk on using the WP C L I tool, which is all it's basically a command line interface to WordPress um, for managing and getting data out of WordPress. Um I saw a good uh first day sort of closing keynote from uh one of the folks who's one of the primary contributors to the to WordPress. Uh, and now I can't think. It's Ryan McClure, McHugh, something like that. Um, and he uh, talked a lot about sort of where they're trying to go with what WordPress is and how they're, you know, one of the things that was interesting was I think there's this, uh, I think often with WordPress there's this thinking that well it's terrible and why would anyone want to use that and stuff and and I don't think that people. Uh, I think one of the things that that was interesting to hear him say was, was acknowledged very strongly that he said, uh, I don't know that I would say this, but he said in some aspects, WordPress sucks. I think he just said WordPress sucks. And he, he had some, some survey that was about technologies that you've worked with or are working with that you never want to work with again. And, uh, I think WordPress was second or third behind visual basic, um, Uh. And, yeah, and I think that's telling. I think that one of the point, the overall art, sort of overarching points out of that was that um, he acknowledged very well, and it sounds like the team has acknowledged well, that WordPress is a good – has has always optimized for user experience. But the difference is that they've moved from being basically a blogging tool – to being a content management system, to being now really a platform where you could build applications off of, and so the user experience in a platform includes developers because developers are building things on top of that platform. And right now, he brought up very several uh, you know situations where or, or, or examples where the. Developer user experience is really poor in WordPress um, and none of them sort of surprised me because I looked at it and said, yeah, that is not great um, and I were things I've experienced that have been around for a long time because they very strongly you know valued backwards compatibility um, but a, a lot of examples of stuff that was that was pretty rough um, and it's not as if they're not aware of it uh, you know he being one of those those major contributors to that code base um So it was, it was interesting to hear that, uh, good conference. Uh, it was in Salt Lake city. Um, there was, uh, Salt Lake city was going through a bit of a heat wave. So it was about 35, 40 degrees there. Uh, Fahrenheit. Um, it was, uh, Salt Lake's a fun, it was, it was in around downtown Salt Lake, which is nice. There's lots of stuff there, lots of places that things to do and things like that. Um, I was part of the sort of uh, non-technical, probably quarter of the conference, and it was, oh, and another thing I should say, it's a single track conference, which is a little different. Um, I personally really like single tracks because as a speaker, because I think there's a better chance of if you, because I tend to often, I will often give talks that I think people aren't sure what they're going to get out of it. And usually once they see it, I think they do get something good out of it. But particularly some of my mental health talks, I think sometimes when I've been in multi-track stuff, uh, the people who see it are a little – you you tend not to get uh, – I think my attendance tends to be a lot lower. Uh, and um, – I think I, more people hear what I have to say and usually get, I get very good responses when I even, you know, in that single track, nobody's like, well, that was garbage. That shouldn't have been there. Uh, not usually anyway. Um, anyway, it's a single track. Salt Lake was great. Um, good, good area, uh, did not have severe weird heartburn and, and hiccups. Um, had really nice digs. Uh, the hotel was really super nice, which was crazy. Like the nicest hotel I've ever been in, Um which was crazy. really, yeah, it was. And it's kind of a weird thing. It was, there's two hotels, the grand America, which is like a five star hotel. That is not the hotel we stayed in. But as a speaker, I stayed in the little America hotel, which is across the street. Now the little America hotel is a little bit of a weird setup where they have a, quote-unquote tower like a big building that has a number of rooms in it and those rooms are very nice it was very nice it was a very large room it was the it just it, it felt it was very nice and a very nice view of the city um uh, and then the other and then there's like what they call garden rooms where basically the rest of the grounds are kind of like a motel um so it's kind of a weird experience because they have all these things like valet parking and room service and all these and, and a very like super nice steak steak uh a restaurant that I ate at the, the the night I got there. Really, really nice stuff. And it's very ornate and everything. And then that's sort of in the main building, and you can order room service from that garden area. And you'll see guys, you know, carrying like a tray with the silver covered plates, those, those metal things on top of it, like just walking across the parking lot. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird juxtaposition. Um, anyway, I did not stay in one of the garden once I stayed in the tower and I believe the tower is a little bit more expensive, but it was very, very nice. It was very nice. And so that was, that was cool. Now, all of this was actually supposed to take place in, um, Fort Lauderdale, I, th- I believe,
0: Right. This is the it got canceled in, because of like a huge storm. A hurricane. Came and they had to cancel. Yes, right, yes, they canceled yes. it because of a
1: hurricane. It, it was gonna be in October last year. And so they had to cancel it and rescheduled it for uh the beginning of February uh in Salt Lake City. And uh all all went very nicely. It was it sir, you know, went very well, well put together. Uh it was an enjoyable conference, and I gave my OSMI talk there. <laughs> and that went really well i basically kind of half rewrote it like the night before i decided i you know i've been doing sort of the same thing for a while i felt like there were i could hit some notes better i could do some a different structure better um and that would be a little bit more emotionally impactful and i i think i kind of got there i think it worked pretty well um and there's a nice video of my talk uh uh, that was rec- that was released just a, like a day or two later. So they recorded all the talks and, and did also publish them live and uh, and then released them almost right away. so um, which I, I thought was interesting you know uh, conferences are usually they're you know and this one was not I think they're in the business of making money. it was you know it was a, the tickets were not cheap. it was four or five hundred dollars I think but um, you know they released videos right away. And and personally, that's what I want because the talks that I give, uh, you know, I'm not. I mean, the the non-technical talks I want as many people to see them as possible. I don't care how. Um, uh, it varies. I've had some conferences that are like, hey, we'd rather you did not release a a video of that from another conference. I don't know. I it's six of one, half dozen the other. I don't know. I don't run a conference. I don't. I don't know how that affects things. Uh, so but some people I know feel differently about that. Uh, personally, I'm happy to have my talks recorded. So uh, yeah. So anyway, that was it was good. LoopConf was fun. Uh, but it also was I was home for only about 24 hours. After, I went to Miami, got home, was home for maybe 24 hours max and then left for Salt Lake City. And that was a little bit rough. That was kind of a lot of travel. And I think I was pretty burned out by the end. Uh, Probably the sobbing on the plane on the flying home uh, might have (laughs) been an indicator of that. Uh, But that was a little bit rough. It was kind of emotionally taking it out of me. Uh, But um, it was good. I felt like, like I said, I think my talk went well. And it's sort of a new, a, a new ish version of the talk and and you can go see it online. Uh so if you uh want to catch that you look for the Loopconf uh talks uh and my uh my one uh stronger than fear mental health and tech community or the developer community is up there. Now you can go find it on YouTube. So yeah.
0: I'm just making a note here. We'll we'll put a link to it. I mm-hmm. Too many links. I don't have too many links to put in this time. Too
1: many links. Too many. Too links. many links. Uh so yeah, you know, and and so now I'm finally home for a couple of days. So, yeah, I basically I was gone for a long time and then Friday was my first like full day. Well, I, w- I, I was working a fair bit, the whole trip, all both of those trips. And then but the Friday I actually had a whole day of eh, kind of we kind of took some time off because uh, Greg, our the CEO, also had been traveling. So we, we did a little bit less that day. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so Friday was a was a work day and then I've been been obviously off for the weekend. So relaxing trying to catch up so on monday we can get some stuff done noise mm-hmm. so uh any events
0: i think we've come to the end here i don't think uh, unless well we're doing it for time i mean i know we had another topic did you want to because we're already at over i think we've been talking for at least an hour already so yeah, um uh, do you want to talk about the the analog and stuff, or do you want to save that for next
1: episode? Oh, let's save that for next episode. Um, I do have a couple. I'm the next thing I'm doing is I'm going to be at Elixir Conf. Oh, nice. Oh, or excuse me, Elixir Days. Like I'm confused. D a z e. Um, so it's going to be about Elixir, that uh, web based language platform stuff. Which is yeah like, when,
0: when yeah when is is that the one that's in Buffalo?
1: It's not in Buffalo. But but uh, PJ um is involved I, I wanted to say PJ uh Harvey. PJ Haggerty, I think. PJ Haggerty, yes. Is uh is one of the organizers. And so he was like, You should come to that. Um yeah, Elixir is I think I think it's based on Erlang, but it's yeah, a, it's it's a like, web it, language. Uh, yeah, it's
0: a web language that sits on top of Erlang. So mm-hmm. I, I heard it's good. On top of it. Yeah. No, Honestly, I've heard, uh, I know a friend, a, yeah. A friend of the show, Joel, uh, Joel Claremont, who's done lots mm. and lots of stuff in all sorts of cool functional languages. He's oh, a big right. believer, big believer in elixir as well. Uh,
1: my face is on here and it says Ed Finkler TBA. I'm pretty sure I've given them the name of the talk. So, uh, but that is in St. Augustine, Florida.
0: Nice. March
1: second and third, uh, I
0: believe. I believe Saint Augustine is like one of the oldest settled areas of Florida, if I remember. Yeah, I, uh,
1: correctly. I, I think it's still run by conquistadors.
0: <laughs> they're uh, they're protecting the Fountain of Youth. Yes, you can't get too close. Yeah, can't get too close. But I believe Saint Augustine is like one of the oldest uh, like um, uh, settlements in Florida. I think the span one of the first places of the Spaniards uh, when they came to Florida um, uh, that
1: they set up shop there. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. I I believe I'm flying to Jacksonville, Florida, because there's not like a St. Augustine airport that seemed very accessible. Um, and so I'm flying to Jacksonville, and then it's like a half hour from there or something like that. So nice. Are you getting picked up at the airport, or are you going to rent a car? Or what do you? Uh, I'll probably make me rent a car. You know, PJ, he's a cheap. Cheap bastard. Um, yeah, and
0: that, and that and his questionable taste in music as well. So.
1: Super questionable. No, I actually didn't like his say. Um, but, yeah, this should be uh, – it should be fun. I, I think Elixir is an interesting topic, uh, I uh, so I'll probably try to check out a couple things. I don't know that I have any time really to spend on it. But I should say I'm speaking on behalf uh, – it's being covered by Prompt, the, um, the organization, the, the nonprofit that does um, – uh, that pays for people to speak about mental health at tech conferences and prompt is paying for me, paying for, to have me, you know, gum down there. So, uh, that's, that's a thing because PJ is the person who I believe heads that up. Uh, and he, so that's, uh, uh, hands in pockets helping each other. I don't know what that means, but something like that. So, yeah.
0: So then the, the so that's cool. And then the next thing I'm going to is I'm actually going to a non PHP conference mm. in the first in the first week of March. It's called the Winter Tech Forum. It's mm. in it's in Crested Butte, Colorado, which is like uh it's um like a ski resort town, and I believe it's about three hours from Durango, if people are looking for like a point of reference. Um, one of my coworkers, uh Matt Brandt, has been harassing me endlessly over the last year to come to this thing. And so it's um it used to be a Java conference. It used to be Java Posse Roundup. So Bruce Eckel, who's like a mm. big, sh- big shot in the Java world, he lives in Crested Butte. And so uh, for the past couple of years, he organized a kind of small conference right. where, it was, uh, where it was an open spaces one where there's no speakers uh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and people do that sort of thing. So Matt bugged me and bugged me and bugged me and said, you should, you should come to this. I think you'd really enjoy it. So I finally said, all right, shut up already. I'm going to go. So it's like a small thing, 70 – attendees uh, and all the talks are kind of um, self-driven. So uh, I've spoken before about this. I always feel weird when I go to non-PHP conferences because I go from being somebody at a Mm -hmm. PHP conference to being absolutely nobody at one of these events. So I'm looking forward to – on the one hand – there being very little expectations on mm-hmm. me to, like, perform or do anything. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it will be weird not – it will be weird going there and not knowing people. Because for me, that's always – for me, that's always the big reluctance to not go – to go to a non-PHP conference yep. is the fact that unless I know a bunch of people who are going to be there, I'm going to feel really awkward and and and, and – just feel like i'm uh, struggling to keep up and struggling to fit in and and you know that all those kind of weird social things that happen when you're with a group of strangers you know
1: yeah i mean you should be embarrassed i mean that's understandable um and it's like it's like real life where nobody really cares about you or anything yes right that's it's good times good times so so yeah
0: so uh yep so uh I saw the plan of stuff. Uh, uh, fly into Durango and, and my buddy's going to pick me up at the airport and then we're going to go. And then uh, uh, rented a uh, really nice, I mean, I'm not an Airbnb person. I dislike the whole sharing economy, but that was my only option. Right. Because my friend said the hotels there are either like really super expensive or the ones that aren't super expensive are like super shady and you don't want to stay there. So that's Crested so I was like,
1: Butt? Is that? Uh,
0: yeah, cre- Crested Butt. Yeah. B U T T E. So, uh, so I have a nice Airbnb within walking distance of the venue. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be interesting. I, I mean, I've never been to Colorado before. And plus, at least at this thing, I will be able to hang out with one of my friends and not feel and he, and that person can then be kind of like the thing that eases me into, uh, meeting these other people and, and getting to talk to them. And my friend Maddie said that he thought that, uh, the folks who will be at this thing, um, would be really interested to, to talk to me about my experiences, both doing all the testing stuff in the PHP world and and working at Mozilla, and and, and that transition from being like a uh, a full time programmer to mm. to to just basically doing QA and and the programming consists of creating tools for people.
1: So, right, right.
0: Uh, I, I mean, uh, part of me is a little apprehensive, but uh, I'd say I'm way more excited to go than than to not go, and I have my fingers crossed that. Uh, the uh, the travel bag that I ordered via Indiegogo, they're supposed to be shipping really, really soon, in mm-hmm. February. I got my fingers crossed that it shows up before my trip and I get to try out traveling uh, without a wheelie bag thing, just with a, a backpack that looks to be like super organized to allow people to bring lots of clothes with them and a special uh, section of it that you can slide your laptop into and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to get my hands on that and see if I can cram all the stuff I need for a uh, week's worth of grumpy traveling into um, –
1: into one carry on bag. We'll see. Right on. Oh, well, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Weeks worth of that. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the problem with being such a large human. My clothes are like one and a half times the size of everybody. So it's, yeah. so it's, it's, my wife is always like, oh, you got to take this stuff and this stuff and this stuff. I'm like, I cannot fit all these things you seem to think I need to take. They will not fit into my little, uh, roller bag uh suitcase that I have. It it just won't. And I, I can't cram all that stuff into my knapsack where my laptop and, and other gear is. So, yeah. so I am co- I am cognizant that I usually am limited just, you know, because so many of my shirts are, like, two extra large shirts with the seams ripped off and then sewn together. You know, those things take up space inside your bag. Even when you, like, roll them up uh, compressed style like they would fit into a can of Pringles. You know, that's right. it's what I tend to do. Roll all my stuff up and, like, and hope to God that I don't spill shit all over my clothes when I'm there. I'll also, be wearing one pair of pants for five days, you know.
1: That's Word, sort of,
0: yeah. That's that sort of nonsense. But, yeah, so that's – so March 6th to 10th in Crested Butte. Colorado. It says here attendance limited to seventy, and you know uh, seventy people. And you know it's a high end conference because it's seven hundred fifty bucks to go. Uh,
1: ah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's that's pretty pricey. I don't
0: th- I don't think I've been to a conference that costs that much before. But
1: you ever been to OzCon?
0: You know. Uh No, I have not been to OSCON because mm-hmm. generally I don't go to com I generally don't go to conference where I'm not speaking, and I'm certainly not going to go to a conference that's going to make me pay to speak. That's kind of been my policy for a very super long time.
1: Well, you know, you don't pay to speak; you just have to pay to get there. Oh yeah, that's
0: well—that's what I meant, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, OzCon.
1: <sighs> oh, I'm with you. I, I'm actually I'm going, uh, uh, but uh, work's going to pay for it. So yeah. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I could go. I'm like, I do get a budget at. Uh, at Mozilla to go to these things, but I pretty much blew my entire budget for like the, the train my training budget just going to this thing between the the cost of the cost of the conference plus the flight plus the hotel. Yeah, that blew through the yeah. blew all the money that I had. So yeah. so I, I mean I am still going to go speak. Uh, I'm speaking at Cake Fest in June and. I probably will go somewhere. I know there's a conference in Munich in November, International PHP Conference. I've never been to Munich
1: mm-hmm. before,
0: so I think I would like to go to that. Um, uh, hopefully, they'll hopefully they'll have me, um, and, and I'll check that out. But that's that that never seems to count at work because somebody else is paying my way. So they're usually happy with that.
1: Right. Right. But,
0: uh, but I think we've reached the end of another scintillating episode. Yes. The Eric Lindros Ocho Ocho uh, episode of the uh, development Hill podcast. Uh, thanks to our awesome sponsors, wonder network. Um, it's awesome that Ed was actually able to use uh, Where's it up to prove to a client that, mm-hmm. Hey, maybe your shit isn't working the way that you
1: thought. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, Paul, Gemma, um, Allison, and the uh, will. And oh, who's the other person's name? I always, forget the new person they hired i'm so sorry i keep forgetting her name she's the one doing all the Cool CSS and HTML styles for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a wide varang- wide range of products. Wonder Proxy, Where's It Up, uh, Shot Sherpa. Go check things out at Wonder Networks. Uh, just just put it into Google. They'll they'll tell you where you need to go. Always doing high quality stuff. Uh, we have my stuff available at Grumpy Learning, Grumpy Learning.com, where I sell books. I'm working on some training courses. Uh, they'll be done via video. If you're looking to looking to master the basics of unit testing your PHP code, uh, my books are a x are an excellent place to start and of course all of ed's efforts that he's been doing in promoting uh mental uh, health awareness amongst programmers and other techie types can be found at osmihelp.org see i said that right for
1: once you did um, osmihelp.
0: yeah right. osmihelp.org uh pretty yeah. soon ed will be doing a fundraiser so you can get your hands on an awesome t-shirt you know i have one of your t-shirts it's lost somewhere in my house i can't find it but Oops. um i don't know where it is and, but I do have the hoodie, and the hoodie fits awesome, and I wear that uh, almost every single day because it's so nice and comfy. Nice. Uh, you should definitely try to get one of these uh, hoodies when Ed has them for sale. Uh, so, uh, as always, thank you for listening. You can find uh, every single episode we've ever done of this podcast up at devhell.info. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, awesome titles for the uh, awesome title for the episode. Ed finds a graphic uh, that's relevant yet witty, and I uh, type up the show notes. Um, you can also listen to us on iTunes. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please, please, please write the podcast. Let us know that we're continuing to deliver your favorite uh, PHP podcast of 2016. Mm-hmm. You can find us also on Twitter at dev underscore hell. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Grumpy Programmer without the U. You can find as Funkatron with the U. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Good night, internet.